All right, so remember guys, this session, one hour session, fire your questions. There is no question in this meeting that we cannot answer for you. Anything related to real estate, I guarantee you, guarantee you, and you can test it. You can ask me any question and I'll make sure that I will answer that for you. There's no new question as a real estate agent. So remember to use the chat right here, down here, and uh, just start asking your questions. So I'm gonna start today with a, top, with a topic that I picked for this week, for the whole week, okay? So which is the top negotiation skills, right? Every real estate agent should develop, right? Through the years, uh, I've seen so many agents have negotiation skills through the years. I've learned, I've done courses on negotiation skills, on sales, of course, and I want to, to talk about them today. Uh, being a good negotiator, uh, it's extremely, extremely important. And I think the, the only other skill other than being a great negotiation superior to that one would be being a leader, right? And uh, we'll talk about becoming a better leader uh, in the next few weeks. That it's another topic that I have for a full week, becoming a better leader, all right? It's a never-ending uh, ability that we need to keep developing. Same thing, exactly the same thing happens with becoming a better negotiator. So I'm going to start today with eight, only eight negotiation skills that top producers have. And I want you to write them down. Again, there are way more. I want you to start with this eight and analyze each and every one of them. And your job is to make sure that you constantly develop those skills. So when you're working with a buyer or a seller, now it's not only about the commission, it's also about how do you improve your negotiation skills, how you improve your communication skills, how you improve as a, as a real estate agent, how do you improve as a business owner? And when you see a transaction, when you see a client uh, for more than just another commission, you will put way more, way more, and let's start with that, way more into that relationship, into that communication, that moment, all right? So for example, uh, I see Nathan right here, right in front of me. Nathan is just, I'm just saying Nathan, because I, I see you right in front of me, so good morning. So if, if I'm talking to you and I not only see you as, a, as, as my next commission, 10, 15, 20, whatever amount that is, I see the interaction with you for the commission, but also a way for me to practice my communication skills, a way for me to practice my pre-qualification skills, my questions, a way for me to practice my presentation, a way for me to practice how I listen to you, how I, I interpret what you're, list, what you're saying to me, right? Because it's not how much, it's not so much what you say, right? It's more important than that, is what you mean by what you're saying, right? So am I developing that deep understanding, reading, actually reading that person, top negotiators learn to read other people, right? It's, it's not what you say, but the tonality, Right. It's not the same thing to say, hey, guys, tomorrow we have a great uh, seminar live. I hope you go to the seminar. Like, hey, guys, tomorrow it's one. we're going to do one of the best seminars we ever made. We're going to bring some amazing people to the seminar. We're going to have great panelists. Big I'm saying exactly the same thing. Right. And we understand that it's just reading, reading that person. OK, so now you go into that meeting way more interested because there are a lot of things you can gain from that interaction, all right? So let's get started with this. I know there is there is uh, one question right here uh, and we're gonna go into that about uh, Facebook, et cetera, all right? And we're gonna go into that, Lily, uh, but let me, let me go first with this negotiation and then I'm gonna go into any questions you have. I'm gonna start, Lily, with your first question, which is about Facebook, okay? But I wanna go into the topic first, then we'll go into that. So, so I'm gonna share my screen right here and uh, let's start with the first one. Oops, let's see what happens here. I can barely see it. All right, so let's begin. Close caption, there you go. All right, so number one, top negotiation skills. Number one, listen, listen, listen. Top negotiators listen more than what they talk. And you know that this is not something new. 
but the way we listen. So let's stop right here. What are the five pre-qualifying questions? Let's start by that, right? What are the five key pre-qualifying questions? Remember, you can go into our lab and you can download the full pre-qualifying guide. You have more than, I think it's 47 questions for buyers and 51 questions for sellers, but you're not gonna ask all those questions in the first meeting. So for that, we have five key questions that we need to identify in order to go to the second meeting. Got it? What are those five key questions for those of you who are new? What is it exactly? Let's say it's a buyer. What? Very good, Alejandro. What is it that you are? What, what you want? And very good. You did it in order. So what is it that you want? Alejandro just wrote it in the chat, right? Where do you want it? Why do you want it? When do you want it? And how much? Now, if I don't listen, right? And I ask, what do you want? The client's gonna say a good property. We're in a nice neighborhood. Why? Because I want to increase my return. When? Whenever you find me the property. How much are you willing to invest? $150,000. What am I learning from that? Nothing, right? So I need to stop and listen. What is it that you want? All right, tell me. Is it a condominium? Is it a house? Is it a townhouse? It's a house, okay, perfect. Is it a two bathroom, three bathroom, four bathroom? Do you need a pool, car, a car garage? What's your square footage? Uh, you know, uh, one story, two story. So describe that for me. Listen, listen, listen. The second ability of top negotiators is that they ask a lot of questions. They ask a lot of questions. When you go to the doctor, the more questions the doctor asks you, the more comfortable you feel, right? So you need to ask a lot of questions. So tell me, tell me, okay, so tell me what is it that you want? Okay, it's a condominium. Is it a high floor, low floor? Is it a big building, a 50-story building? It's a small building, boutique building. What type of amenities are you looking for? Do you exercise? Do you need parking? Do you need, you know, ocean view, city view? What is it that you want? Describe it for me. What type of floors? Balcony, are you in? Do, do, do you want? Some people hate balconies, right? Some other people, my brother loves balconies. He likes the outdoor space. But I need, I need to know, I need to listen and I need to ask those questions. You might find the right uh, condominium, but later, because we didn't ask skill number two the right questions, the person hates balconies. Right? So we need to ask those questions. So where? So tell me three things. For example, when you come to my city, let's say we're in Miami. When you come to Miami, where do you stay? Where your friend, where, 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 where do, your, do your friends leave? Right? Where do you usually go when you come to Miami? What areas do you like? Right, where do you usually go exactly, Alejandro, right? The third one, tell me why. Why do you want to buy a property? So three, three reasons, right? Do you want to live in that property? Do you want that property for a vacation? Or do you want an investment property? Why, why, why? Listen, listen, listen. Number two, ask questions. When? Is it right away? If I find you the right property and the place you wanted for the reason you wanted, will you be able to write an offer immediately? No. Okay, so when will you be ready? Well, when I sell my property or when I cash this uh, investment. Okay, I get it. When would that be? Listen, 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 ask questions. So how much? How much are you willing to invest? 200,000. Okay, is it a $200,000 investment, cash investment? Or will you be open to finance and look for a $400,000 property? An example. Top negotiators are in constant communication, right? So that's number two right here. Ask questions. Number three, common ground, right? So basically it's what we call it in English and you know that win-win, right? Common ground is I want you to come out of this negotiation 
happy and I also want to be happy. I don't want to feel like you, like I, you know, I squeeze every penny out of you. Or I, I don't want to feel that you abuse me, that, you know, it's a three-person commission and then I'm only getting 1% commission. Common ground. What is it that we both want in this transaction, right? Common ground is also in the negotiation, how we're going to work, right? So we're going to go and see for your own benefit, Mr. Client, only four properties. You should never show more than four properties at the, at the, at the same time uh, during the uh, during the day. No more, never more than show properties, more than four properties. Why? The client gets tired and confused. He doesn't know which one had the pool, which one had the two car garage, two car garage. They're totally confused. So never more than four properties. Common ground means in this case, Mr. Seller, Mr. Buyer, I want to go out and I selected four properties for you. And the reason it's four properties is because I want to, I want you to take the time in each property, analyze it, take pictures, walk around, understand the benefits, benefits and features of each property. Then we're going to come back to my office and we're going to pick one property. Either we're going to place an offer on that property or you're going to tell me exactly why you don't want to put up uh, an offer on that property. So the second day we go out and look at three or maximum of four properties, I'm going to look for exactly what was missing in the first four. Common ground, this is for you and it's also for me. Make sense, guys? Right? Now, next skill. And keep writing your questions or comments. I'll be right there. All right, let me do at least the first four. The next one, extreme, extreme uh, product knowledge. Extreme product knowledge. We were talking about uh, that this morning. If you don't have that product knowledge, it is very difficult to communicate the value of that property to your client. It's extreme product knowledge means not only about the property, but around the, around the community, right? Hey, Mr. Client, this $658,000 property is an amazing property because of comparable A, B, C, and D. The other comparables, as you can see right here, right, are 522 square feet smaller than this one. The other comparable, 652, even though it's $6,000 less, has no pool. The one going for 649 has a pool, but doesn't have car garage. This one has two car garages, right? This property is located just one, one street away from the beach. The other two are four streets from the beach. The closer you get to the beach, the more expensive they become, right? This property has been remodeled and they added up to $75,000 in remodeling which the other ones are not remodels, remodels. So I need to have extreme product knowledge. If you're selling pre-construction, exactly the same thing. I need to know everything about that pre-construction plus the competition, which takes me to what? To number five, to skill number five. Top producers, top negotiators in real estate have extreme market knowledge extreme market knowledge. They understand what's happening. They, they know what's happening in the market, but more important, they know how to use that information to help the client make an informed decision. Got it? So I'm gonna see right here the notes. What, what have you, uh, let's see right here. Very good, thank you Alejandro for writing the, the five, Question. Uh, yes, yeah, somebody asked here. That's, it's a Samsung. So it's a question. Is the webinar being recorded or can we do so? Don't worry. All of these webinar, all of these sessions are recorded. We have over 300 sessions recorded. So every single week we record the whole session and you can see it as many times as you want. So you don't, you don't have to record this. And I don't think the system would allow you to do that. So by Wednesday or by, I'm sorry, by Thursday, this week's session you're gonna be able to see. Last week's session, you're gonna be able to see. We always record it, all right? Very good. Uh, Jose, very good, very good, Jose. The why is the key to the pre-qualification, exactly. Why is it 
that you are buying or selling this property. That is my number one tool to help the client make the decision of moving forward. Why, why? And there needs to be a strong why, a strong reason why that client is moving, right? Buying or selling a property. Right? Very, very, very good point. Maria says, how do you deal when there is, oops, let jump right here. How do you deal when there is no property that meets his or her requirements? Well, if there is no property, the question goes back to the pre-qualifying. Why is it exactly that you want, how do you deal when there is no property that meets it? Oh, now I think I understand your question, Maria. Uh, I was talking about comparables. I was, com I, I made a mistake. How do you deal when there is no property that meets his or her requirement? Uh, somebody wants to help me with that answer. What is the key question? The key, the key word. What's my brother's favorite word? Somebody can write that down. Oh, next. Next. That's it. That's it. Or Orlando, don't you also say they need to sacrifice either price, location, or size? Thank you, Jose. So Maria. And that happens all the time, right? All the time. It's gonna keep happening as long as you're talking to clients. A client has $25,000. They want a penthouse in downtown Miami, seven bathrooms, seven uh, uh, seven rooms, right? For $25,000 and they're gonna put $10,000 down. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. But let's say this person, it's, you know, it's financially stable. They really want to move forward, but they're on the side. They're, they're undecisive. They, they don't wanna make a decision. So thank you, Jose, for bringing that up. So. There are three key questions that will help me either stop working with that person because it's not a client, all right? It's a person that wants to buy something that is just not available and that I need to do, uh, go and I need to apply the next strategy. That's it, next person, right? But before that, I need to explain to my client there are three things. One of three things every buyer sacrifices when they purchase a home they will always sacrifice one of three things. Number one, they will sacrifice every, every time you bought a property, you sacrifice one of these three things. Number one, the size. Look, very good, very good. Space, right? The size of the property. Size of the property. Number two, Fabrice? Location. Location, very good. Excellent. And number three, or number three, Good question. Price, price, location, and size. Price, price. Every single buyer in the history of real estate has sacrificed one of those three things. Every single time there is a transaction, the buyer is sacrificing one of those three things. Always, always. Got it? Got it. Oh, what about that, that, that client pay? You know, that client got a, a, a three-acre house in an amazing oceanfront location. What do you think he sacrificed? Price. Price, yeah. Price, right? Well, you know, I don't have that much money. Then we either have to sacrifice space or the location. No, 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 but I want it here. For that price, for that space, in that location. Yeah, I want it too. But you have to sacrifice then the price. If you want it here for that space, then you have to sacrifice the price. Now, another last thing that Maria that I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you right now, I said, how do you deal with when there is no property that meets his or, or his or it, when how do you deal when there is no property that meets his or her requirements? My question is now to you, which is a great question, Maria, because most people have that, that, that situation. What would you do? You extend a little. No, what would you do if you have 30 more fully qualified cash buyers ready to take action today? Next. Next. <laughs> There you go. That's it. That's it. The reason some there more and that happens that has happened to me to, to all of us. Okay, the reason we stay with a client longer than we need to 
is because of what? Because we don't have more clients. We don't have more clients. The top, 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 top negotiators, and that's going to be point number eight, is are ready to walk away at any second because they have more clients. Now, I've talked about, and, and sales, you know, coaches and, and gurus, whatever, they talk that the breakdown happens in the follow-up and the follow-up, the follow-up, the follow-up. I 100% disagree, and this is being recorded. And I'm gonna prove it to you, right? My, my, my theory. Follow-up is when you have not reached yet the level, the highest level of professional salesmanship. Yeah, you need to follow up until you become a true master of sales and lead generation. If you have enough leads, if you have enough qualified people, if you are, if you are, if you have positioned yourself high enough in your community, you're going to be in such demand that you will never, ever, ever, ever have to pick up the phone and do a follow-up call again. The reason we are following up is because we are not there yet. And that's okay. That's what we need to work on. And I have so many people interested in my business that I never make a call. That happens all the time to top, top agents, to doctors, restaurants. You see some, rest, some restaurants are doing discounts, right? I'm trying to get people uh, into, into their door, right? Some other restaurants, you have to make reservations six months, a year in advance. They're not calling anybody. If you're not here 15 minutes earlier to your arrival, to your, to your uh, appointment time, whatever, your reservation time, it's canceled. So that's where I want you to get to. Most agents are not there yet, but I want you to generate so many leads and a system that does the automatic follow-up for you that you're only talking to the people that are ready to take action right now. Because when you get there, yes, your income is going to increase 10, 15 fold. Yeah, that's great. But more important, you're only going to be working with people that give you energy. And after years in this business, what drains most agents' energy is working with people that are not committed. And, and I know sometimes, you know, because I know it from you guys, on so, or somebody else tells me, Orlando is too harsh. Orlando is too black and white. Guys, and I'm... I, I, and I'm saying it from the bottom of my, I, I've spoke, spoken to so many of you so many times that I know whether you are committed or not. And I've spoken to so many buyers and sellers that I know whether you are just bluffing or not, either you're serious or not. So sometimes you see me like, well, I'll talk to you three minutes and you just, because I know you are not committed. I, no, no, I am. No, you're not. You show me with your actions that you are not. You buyer, you seller, you're showing me with your actions. You got to this meeting, Zoom meeting, 30 seconds late. I opened my Zoom and I had to wait 30 seconds for you to get in. You were not ready. You should be here five minutes earlier if you're truly committed. That's the standard. And that's the standard that I want for you. We said we're going to meet at 9.30. We meet at 9.30, Mr. Seller, Mr. Buyer. There's no excuses. I'm never giving you an excuse, Mr. Buyer or Seller. I'm going to be here for you. So again, I want you to have so many leads. I want you to do so much good marketing, so much automatic marketing that the people come to you already ready to work with you. So there is no need for follow-up. There is no need. You've worked with some clients that you never had to do a follow-up. Why? Because they were ready to buy or sell a property. The thing is, we need more of those. And again, the least of the worries or the satisfaction is the financial part. 
working with somebody that is interested, man, what a fun day. You don't want to stop working, right? And look at some of you laughing. What a fun day I have with this client. Everything I told him, he was paying attention. He wanted to learn more. He was asking more questions. He liked the property. Some of them he didn't like, but he wants to move forward. He's excited about purchasing. He's excited about selling. That's what. That's worth way more than whatever commission you make. Imagine then doing that every day, that every day that you wake up, that you are working with people that are adding emotionally to you. Money flows much better. That's why you need way more, way, way more leads. And I deviated a little bit, but it's about the negotiation. And, and the last point that I wanted to make is the ability, and I'm gonna show, all, show you all of them, but that ability to walk away is so important. Right. And this morning we were talking in a, in a meeting and some of the agents said, one of the agents said, Angel, he said, I don't know if he's here today, uh, right now. He said, you know, sometimes we go to closings and the buyer says, listen, if you don't fix this last minute, if you don't fix this, we're canceling. And he goes, hey, listen, under the contract, it says that you have the right to cancel. So if you want to cancel, that is your right. Whoa, 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 well, you know, it's don't take it too seriously. You know, can, can we negotiate if you want to cancel? So the ability to, without being pretentious, I don't know if that's the right word, without being arrogant, that's not the point. It's, it's feeling that understanding that this transaction is not going to make me richer and it's not going to make me poor, poor, right? Exactly. So as a, right, Fabrice, so as a negotiator. Yes, it happened, it happened to me last week. I have two right? different process and the guys did an inspection. He did an inspection and he go back and he say, look, that the roof is like this, the AC is like this and blah, 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 blah. I say, it's okay, guys, it's up to you. The contract is as it is. You are the seller of disclosure. So if you want to cancel, it's not a problem. And it, that's it. Uh, no, 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 it's not what I <laughs> want to say. I want, what do you want to say? So you want to negotiate the price is not possible either. So, you know, and two times is happening last week. So two, two deals. So it's really the truth what you say, really. How many deals did you close last week? Five. Oh, okay. <laughs> I counted four. Okay, five. There you go. There you go. Five, why not? All right. Five. And again, it's not that the message is not about being arrogant at all, at all. As a negotiator, you need to have the ability to understand that you are ready to walk away from a negotiation. Because but is it a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But is it a way to like, because you already do, did the work, you know? So is it a way for them to compensate you for at least something? No, no, so, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes there is, sometimes there's not. If it isn't within the contract that they can walk away, they can walk away. By the way, I'm going to show you now, uh, lady, that you mentioned that I'm going to go into the next, the next point right here, which is oh, extreme market market knowledge, being patient, uh, open to different options and angles, right? And and that's what you're, you're that, that's a, the the point you're touching, uh, lady. Which is all right. What are the other options? What angles can we give to this, to this negotiation, right? So maybe we can accommodate each other. Again, saying the ability. Okay, so stating the ability that I'm ready to walk away, lady, and good, good, good point that you made. It's not saying that I'm not open. That's not what I'm saying. Is that there? Are, okay, can we give it another angle? Do we have other options? But there is, if there is no other options or angles, then we walk away. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, we always want to find new angles. I'm not. Again, it's not being arrogant. It's not just canceling immediately. It's not being stubborn. Not at all. Let good negotiators, great negotiators, try to find angles and trying to find options, right? So I'm re reiterating what you said, lady, right? But if not, listen, I did the work. And sometimes in real estate, here's the beautiful thing. Sometimes you get paid. Sometimes you don't. As an investor, sometimes you get paid, but sometimes you lose money. In, in, the, one of the most beautiful things in real estate is that our investment is minimal. Financial investment is minimal. It's just an investment of time. But in every business, you need to invest your time. As an investor, you need to invest the time to analyze different companies, the, the, you know, the, the, the financial 
cheat, you know, this, the financial statements of that company, the management of that company, the growth of the stock, right? You need to invest your time analyzing that stock. And sometimes it goes up, sometimes it doesn't, and sometimes you lose money. In real estate, the amount of money that we lose as, as real estate agents is minimum. It's minimum. So that's the beauty of this business. You need so little to get started. So, so little to get started. And you, have, you can gain so much as long as you have that market knowledge, as long as you have that product knowledge. Remember, specialized knowledge. As long as you do the right marketing and you are committed, regardless of what happens during the week, regardless of how busy you are, to have the number of sales conversations that are going to generate the number of leads you need to close the number of transactions you said you needed for this quarter. Got it? So what of these negotiation skills do you need, all right? Do you need in your business today? Pick one, pick one. Take a picture, screenshot, right? Whatever you want to do there. Okay, so what's the, the ability as a negotiator? One, and for the next eight weeks, I'm going to focus on one negotiation skill. And, and I'm going to incorporate each, and each, each of those to my business. Or are, I'm going to improve each of those to my business. Notice that I put here patient in, in quotation, right? Quote unquote, patient, all right? And I was, Thomas is walking right now. We were having that conversation this morning of that my style is not to be patient. Now, I was having that conversation with my brother, Daniel, today. Yeah, you're a style. I'm not patient at all. And I don't want to develop that ability, but that's me. That there are, Thomas, you were saying, and Thomas is walking right now, so I don't know if he can talk. It's uh, styles. Yeah, that's the word he used, right? Now, I'm not yes. patient, but, and Daniel said that. You're there. I know you're doing your exercise. So I'm not patient because I'm willing, I've been willing to put the work for so many years of learning my market and my product. So once I know my market, my product, and I've done my marketing, I'd rather do more marketing than be patient with a client. Got it? So I have enough leads now, but I, I either I'm willing to invest in marketing to get a lot of clients and invest in me to have the product knowledge and the market knowledge. So when I talk to these people, I don't lose them, all right? Or I got to be patient to have fewer clients and let them evolve with me, right? So I never wanted to develop the patient mentality. I just don't. It's just, it's not good or bad. But either you're patient or you got to go full force, a thousand miles an hour to develop your knowledge and to do your marketing. So you move faster. You use the word next more times. Make sense? All right. All right. So I'm going to go into uh, the questions right now. Uh, Alejandro, thank you for, for putting the, those three things, area, price, and location. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, Jamie. Okay. Jamie says, Orlando, I'm having a hard time trying to spend less than 10 minutes on the phone. Love this question. When I realize it gets to 20 to 30 minute call. Very good, Jamie. Very good question. So a first conversation with a client should not last more than eight minutes. Write that down. And in an hour, you usually have the ability to talk to six to eight people. Usually you don't have more, more than that. If you get to talk to six to eight people in an hour, you're doing an amazing job. However, you can't, you can't be spending 20, 30 minutes on a call with a single client the first time you talk to them. Thomas said it, says it all the time, all the time. What is the number one reason of a conversation with a client? Once it is pre-qualified, what is once is qualified to get them to the next conversation? Got it? 
the number one goal of one conversation with a client that is qualified is to get them to the next conversation. And the next conversation conversation can be about, you know, selecting the property, closing the client, whatever it is. But the, the number one goal of one conversation is to get them to the next conversation. Now, in the first conversation, is it what is it that you want? Where, why, when, how much, and when? That is all I'm going to score from the client. But tell me a little bit more about the market. <clears throat> Mr. Client, before we go into the market, I want to make sure that I concentrate on exactly what you wanted. My job right now, after understanding what you wanted, is go and find that property. But sh should I open up an LLC? Should I buy the property under a personal name or a corporation? We can go into that once we find the property. If we have not found the property, there's no need to talk about that to refer you to the expert, right? But, but what are the taxes on those properties? Let's, let's find out, let's, let's find the property first, right? And then we can talk about the taxes, we can talk about the finance. Tell me about the interest rate right now. We can talk about the interest rate in the next, let's do the following. Let's talk about the interest rates in the next, conver in the next conversation once I find out the right, once I find the right property for you. So every time they keep asking you questions, that is exactly what we're going to discuss during our next conversation. My job right now is to find you the property you described for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. What, one more question. Yeah, what is it? Yeah. When can we go see them? And then you go, listen, let me find the property. And in the next conversation, I'll tell you exactly when we can make an appointment to go see them. Doesn't matter what you tell me. In our next conversation, we're going to discuss that. Got it? My job today it was, was to identify Mr. Klein, what you wanted. Let me go and find, and find it for you. Got it. Because if not, we can spend 20, 30 minutes. And this is what happens. The more you tell them, the least they think, they think they need you. Oh, you gave me all the information. Thank you very much. Then you call me again. Uh, let, me, let me use this information and digest all this information. And I call you when I need you again. Then they don't call you for two weeks. Somebody else called them. They're ready and they provide with somebody else. So you want to keep your first conversation to those five questions. What do you want? Where do you want it? Why do you want it? When do you want it? How much? Right? That's it. And then you can go into the financials and all of that into the second conversation. All the questions they have. Get that? So very good question, Jamie. Very, very good question. Whatever they'll tell you, you go back and you're going to discuss that in the second conversation. Those, those five questions should, not, questions should not take you more than eight minutes, right? Tom says, what if the seller does not want to lower the price to the market comps? Show I, should, uh, should I stop working with him or not? What do you think, guys? The question is, it depends. So my suggestion is that you cancel the listing. If it is far away from the comparables, cancel the listing. It's a waste of time. You're going you're gonna to look bad. The client you know, is going to get mad at you unless, unless you can do, Tom, unless you can do open houses at least three times per week. Then you're using the property to get other leads. But if you can do at least three open houses per week, to use that property as an advertisement, then I would cancel it. All right. Good point. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Lady says, Orlando, I can't, I contacted Coach and Linia last week. No responded yet. Lady, if you can uh, uh, write again. I know you wrote during the, the, the weekend. I answered you Friday or Saturday, something like that. But I'm going to make sure that that person uh, answers today. If you can write it, just copy paste it. Copy paste it to Coach and Linia. You don't have to write it again. Copy paste it and do it again. I'll make sure they do it today. Thank you for that. Uh, cool. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, uh, Leo says, I would like to know if the internet is not working well or is mine. I think, guys, can you hear me well? Good? Yes. Okay, so, Leo, I think it's your, your internet right now. Uh, Okay, Norma says, is there any reason why we should ask the pre-qualifying questions in that order? Yes, definitely, there is a reason. Imagine, hey, hey Mr. Klein, how you doing, uh, Norma? Uh, tell me how much money you want to invest. Whoa, 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 whoa wait, wait a minute. I mean, let's, let, 
Steak it easy. Tell me what I want first, right? So yeah, it's, it's the order. I want to know what type of property, right? And the last one that I want to ask is the financial one. So yeah, there is a specific order. And we've noticed that, that if you ask the questions in that order, everything follows. And the last one, which is the strongest one, but the most important one, the, the second most important one, it's because if you don't have the money, then there is there is no no need to talk about anything else, right? Uh, it, everything else is preparing you to that fifth one, which is how much, right? Good. Uh, when is the exact time to stand up from the meeting or table and say next and feel good myself? Whenever you feel good, Rafael. Everybody has a different different feeling, right? Some people say, listen, I don't care if, you know, uh, they ask me for five, six things. Sometimes I'll, uh, and so listen, many times in the past, I've lowered my commission. And sometimes I just don't. Sometimes I just don't, right? Sometimes there is a term that I, in the past would have agreed to. And uh, right now I, I don't agree. It depends on where my business is, right? Uh, it depends on where I feel with, with, you know, with my good, good friends, with my good, good clients. I'm, you know, extremely flex, extremely flexible. So it depends on, on how you feel, Rafael. Is what's the point where you feel that you are not winning in that situation? That's the point you should be willing and able and feel good with yourself. Like you said, it, listen, at this point, I just don't feel comfortable. You know what? I'm 47 now, and I've learned through the years uh, that there is there is way. If I would have learned earlier before, or what I would tell to my younger Orlando is that the the emotional part of it and feeling good during the trans during a process and working with people and and working with the right people is so much important than the money part. Right, and sometimes we put so much emphasis on the money part uh, that you do things that that make you feel bad. Right? Let me let me mute everybody here. Uh, let's see. And uh, that that you only do for money. And yeah, I, I understand that. And the younger you are, and and if you are not financially stable, it's you know sometimes you do things that that you don't that you wouldn't want to do. You know, uh, if it is not for the money, and I'm saying I'm not saying anything illegal or anything like that, but it's just working with clients that don't bring you that satisfaction. Uh, but Rafael, going back, you know, to answer your your question, man, life is too, and I know it sounds cliche, right? But life is too short to work with people that 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 you don't want to work with. And I, at a point, I don't feel very comfortable with the person. I just wake up, I get up. Right. My 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 number one goal is to work with people that I that I enjoy working with. Now I know that in, in order to find those people, I need to polish my skills. I need to invest in marketing, right? Because they're not going to appear all of a sudden. I need to know what I'm talking about in order to get better clients. You need to get better. We don't have the clients we want. We have the clients we deserve. Got it? And Fabrice laughed, and we know that, right? And you know, it's the truth. And I learned from one of my mentors when he told me very, at a very young age, you do not have the clients you want. You will always have the clients you deserve. Another thing that I learned very early on is that usually we don't raise to the level of our expectations we fall to the level of our preparation. Got it? So yeah, I, I expect, expect to do X number of transactions. I expect to work with X num this type of client. Am I prepared to work with this type of client? I want that $5 million client. I got to be a $5 million real estate agent. You might get lucky. Yeah, but look at that guy close a $5 million a $5 million transaction. But the person that is working constantly, those multi-million dollar agents, you know, and I see the Thomas Hoffman's working here. He has 5 million, 7 million, 9 million, $11 million listings constantly, 
month after month after month and you talk to a person like that and you go, I get it, why he has that type of clients. Got it? And I said it many times before, if you put me in front of a commercial investor, says Orlando, I'm right here. I'm ready to write a $40 million check. Just find me a commercial real estate property. I wouldn't last 15 seconds because I have no clue about commercial real estate. No clue. And that client would immediately say, I didn't, you know, notice that I have no idea, nothing about commercial real estate. So I would have to refer it. I'm not prepared to work with a commercial real estate client. It's never been my goal. So we work, we have the clients, not that we want, but we have the clients that we deserve. All right. Very good point. Uh, <laughs> Adalgesia says, this is the best part next, because that means I have many leads, right? And I'm ready to keep negotiating. Listen, guys, having the leads, it's key to our business. The more leads you have, the more options you have, all right? Uh, for new agents, Norma says, for new agents, what if we have leads and don't know where to start? Very good. You start with module number one. And that's the thing. That's what I don't, and look at Thomas going like this. That's what I've never been an advocate. And, and I tell you guys, don't ask your companies. And, and one of the, the, the mistakes agents make is asking their broker or their potential broker, do you offer leads? Don't ask your broker for leads. Ask your broker, or oh, you're in coaching right now, learn how to generate the leads you want, the type of leads you want, the type of clients you want, and the area where you want them. If I'm your broker and I give you a lead 15 miles from where you live, the probability of, your, of you closing that deal is very small because you're not familiar with the area. So that's what happens with most agents. They say, well, my broker is giving me leads and they don't work. No, no, no. It's that you don't know how to work them. So for new agents, Norma, what you need to do is go and mo do module number one to identify your most probable client and to identify your ideal area so you can start working with the leads in your area. And then we take you through module number two, what type of content, how to work that lead. And number three is how to close that lead, all right? Anna says, sales are very, very emotional. Yes, they are. Okay, very good, very. Okay, let's go into the Facebook uh, question, right? So how many times after receiving a Facebook lead should I call? Very good question. And if they don't answer the phone, what do I do? Very good. So please write this down, guys. It's not only about a Facebook lead. It's any type of lead. Whenever you get a lead, you should call that person immediately. Got it? Immediately. If that person doesn't answer the phone, you're going to call that person next day between 9.30 and 12. Got it? If that person doesn't answer the phone, you're going to call that person between 5.30 and 7.30. If that person doesn't answer the phone, then you're going to call that person between 10 and 1 p.m. on Saturdays, on a Saturday. If that person doesn't answer the phone, you, you wait two weeks. Maybe that person is on vacation. Got it? And then you do the same thing. 9.30 to 11, 5.30 to 7.30, 10 to 1 on Saturdays. And if they don't answer the phone, then you put them only on your email marketing system, automated. That's all. Very good question, Barry. Very, very good question. Okay? Excellent. All right. So let's see. A lot of people congratulating Fabrice. And that was a... That was a good week for Fabrice. Not the best one, but a good one. <laughs> Listen, if there is somebody that is working all the time, he won't miss a meeting. He won't miss an event. He won't miss a session. So congratulations to you, Fabrice. You know that you're in my one-on-one. -on -one and, and I always tell you every single week that the number one ability you have is that resiliency. It's always being there, always giving the extra mile. 
And that's an ability to me that's, you know, top, top, top ability. Thomas, you had a, a question, uh, a comment? No, Orlando. Just Good. wanted to say hi, raise my hand so you knew I was here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Right. Nothing, nothing to add to this session. You've covered it all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look at Thomas exercising, a million dollar agent exercising, but still in the call. Look at Fabrice. Look, go to Thomas and Fabrice, go to the MLS and look for them and look at their, at their production. All right. And they're here every single week. All right. Perfect. So uh, can you share? Yeah, Jose, of course, I'll share my, uh, uh, oh, I got 10 more minutes. So I'm going to share. I'm going to go a little bit faster with the questions you have. Here we go. You can take a picture, guys. Take a picture of this slide. Lisette, very good question. Lisette, I haven't seen you in a while. Nice to see you. All right, Lisette. All right. <laughs> Long time agent. I'm, I'm always hearing you and your, your brother, but always behind the scenes. Maybe <laughs> up too much <laughs> you know that is always a pleasure to have you here so you ask you know for for a presentation how much time should i spend on a presentation okay so very simple let's talk uh about buyers and sellers all right uh sellers and you can see the presentation here is a presentation should never last more than seven minutes seven to ten minutes right i want to go into the objections as soon as possible the objections is where i discover what the client is looking for, and whether I have the, uh, what, whether that client is, is a person that is committed and that can, has the ability to buy or sell. So I wanna limit it to 10 minutes. I don't wanna be talking for 10 minutes by myself, Lisa. Right? In a presentation with a seller, it's very simple. Hey, thank you very much, Mr. Seller, for having me in your home before I make my presentation. Just wanna walk around and see you know, the benefits, the pros and cons of the property. I go through the process, I take some notes, right? Number two, I wanna go through the pre-qualifying questions that we went over over the phone. And number three, let me show you the comparables. Comparable number one, number two, number three to yours. After looking at these comparables, Mr. Seller, all right? What price would you put in just in your property in order to compete with these other three? That's the presentation. Did I talk about how many years I've been in the business? Did I mention my company? It's not necessary. Now, now let's, now let's talk. No, no, but tell me about your company. Okay, listen, this is one, two, three about my company. Tell me about yourself. One, two, three about myself, right? Now, I want to go into the contract. Many times, that's not even important to them. Most of the things we say are not important to them. What we want is to answer to the question. That's important to them. Right, so that formal presentation that lasts, you know, 20, 25 minutes is too long. You lose them, all right? Now, if you're selling something, let's say it's a pre-construction, right? So first and foremost, I need to know your five, let, let's go into the pre-construction. I'm gonna give you the three things about the city, the three things about the area, and the three, the three reasons why this project. That's not gonna take 10 minutes. And if you have any other questions, then we can, we can go for half an hour, it doesn't matter. It's not that you're gonna leave in 10 minutes, it's I wanna go into the interaction, into the game, and in a nice way I say the game, it's, you know, it's a some back and forth, like a tennis match, right? You know, I hit the ball, you hit the ball, I hit the ball, you hit the ball. That's the, that's where I demonstrate how much I know. Orlando. And if, hold on one second, the last one is, if it is a resale, then I just go into what he said, well, in the presentation, right? So Lisette, you said you wanted it, a three bathroom, three bathroom, half a million dollar property in downtown Miami, right? This is what I have for you. And we see the property and that's it. We go the why, the when, the how much, the prices, very, very, very fast, All right? Mario, go ahead. Do you uh, recommend pre-qualifying before going to the listing appointment? 100%, 100%, yep. Pre-qualifying buyers and sellers. Buyers and sellers. Okay. A hundred percent. If you had 20 people that are ready to buy or sell right now, will you pre-qualify them before going to a presentation? I will try. Yes. 
See, the reason we don't pre-qualify is because we don't, we are so attached to that one person, right? But if you have 20 people ready to write a $2 million check, that person is going to go through and the top, top, top producers in different industries, they won't even talk to you on, unless you fill out an application, watch a video, and then answer the questions after the video. No time. In order to talk to me and to, to us, and, and again, it's just, you got to watch a seven-minute video. You got to answer your questions. How much are you willing to invest? And if you're ready to do it now, because I'm not going to get on the phone with somebody that is just not ready. Does that make sense? All right. So yeah, you pre-qualify 100% of the time. And if we're not pre-qualifying, it's because we don't have enough leads. All right. Very good point. Very good point. All right. Uh, Catalina, very good point. If the client wants to finance, when is the best moment to set a pre-approval meeting? First meeting? Absolutely. Yeah, if you discover, Kata, that uh, the client wants to uh, needs to uh, uh, finance the property, absolutely, in the, in, the, in the first meeting. And again, that, that ties the relationship even more, even further with you, right? Uh, because now it's not only you trying to help the client, but it's another person very close to you helping the client. So it it strengthened the relationship with that time. So absolutely, if you identify in the first conversation, question number five, how much are you willing to invest? $150,000. Are you planning to, you know, uh, to buy the property cash or you want to finance? I need to finance. Perfect. I'm going to give you in get you in contact mm -hmm. with my uh, a mortgage broker so we can uh, get that out of the way. Very, very important. <clears throat> good question. Very good question. Uh, <clears throat> uh, says Orlando, property appraisal estimate, what is the listing for? But all of the offers go 50 below what the seller wants. How do you easily make the seller understand his property needs a lot of investment? Very simple. All right. To the objection handling. All right. Watch module. I, I won't have time to answer that question today. But if you remind me, next session, we can go into the objections. This is a price objection. There are only eight objections, right? Price. This is all about prices. I only have uh, three minutes, so I won't be able to, to answer the whole question for you, but I would love to do it. This is one of my favorite parts. Price, commission, comparison, authority, no need, satisfy, and compromise. You have all those objections in the, uh, in the module number 13 and 14, and that's the price objection. So if you go and watch my module on price objection, you'll find the answer to that, all right? Especially the price. But we can work on that next week happily. Just we don't have enough time. Uh, Edna, when do you ask the proof of funds? As soon as possible. As soon as during the uh, what is it? Pre-qualifying question, the number five. As soon as possible. Yeah, but, uh, because I noticed that um, I I spoke with many uh, agents that they have a lot of leads and they are afraid to ask the proof of funds. Yeah. This is why I say, no, you have to have the proof of form before going to, to, to show the first right. property right. because you never know. And, and again, again, it's, it's, we are talking today about being a better negotiator, right? It's not telling the client that he has to show me the proof of funds. That's not the way we want to do it, right? It's Mr. Buyer, my job is to find you the right property. That's step number okay. one. Step number two is to make sure that you are the number one option for the seller. Exactly. So we want to make an offer that is extremely appealing to that seller. And one of the most appealing things is to show the, the seller that you have the proof of funds. So please, mm -hmm. I need the proof of funds. So I'm going to use that as a leverage to help you get the property you want. Get it? Mm -hmm. So exactly. I'm always, as a negotiator, my point, I'm trying to make, get, make it his point that it is for him. It's not because I'm saying that I need that. It's not, I'm not going to waste my time if you don't show me the proof. No, no, no. It's to your benefit to have those proof of funds. So when we present the offer, we are the strongest one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good point. Let's see. Grisel walking thank away. Really my place. And thank, thank you for that comment. So uh, client go satisfying. Yep. Good morning. Let's see. 
Felipe, very good. Additional to pre-qualifying, I try to set up the expectations on how I like to work among different subjects. One is very important has helped me is to ask clients to be ready prior to finding the right property. In other words, having them presenting the proof of funds, very good. That's what we were talking about, the pre-approval letter, definitely, all right? And again, we wanna make sure that we are doing that from the client's point of view. And look who appeared today, Mr. Daniel Montiel. How are only you? To tell you, only to tell you, how are you guys? Uh, that we have an a special meeting right now at 11. Okay. Yes. Uh, Pre construction session focus on the standard. So, yes. so I got to go. You got to go. Everybody, <laughs> of course, is invited <laughs> to the session. It's in Spanish, but uh, we're starting right away. Thank you, guys. So, uh, I'm sorry I got to, you know, cut the meeting today on time. Uh, let's use these uh, questions for next week. I will definitely be able to uh, to extend the session this week. Next week, we had over 73 comments. So let's do it next week. I got to go to the next session. Big hugs to everybody. And if you can't wait until next Monday, write your questions in the forum and we'll make sure we'll answer them for you. Ladies, especially to you that you didn't get answered uh, to a question on Thursday or Friday, okay? Have a nice day, guys. Thank you.